Hello, y'all. So, welcome back to another episode of the Awkward Adventures of College Graduate. Uh, generally, you guys know that if I'm recording by myself, which I am today, um, that I usually start off with a little instrumental. Um, given the topic of today's episode, I decided to do something a little bit different. So, um, <laughs> excuse me as I guess um, I do this. So, basically, if you guys know me, y'all know that I'm a huge YouTube Fiasco fan. Um, and one of his favorite albums that he's up, uh, one of my favorite albums that he's done outside of Droga's Wave is, um, Food and Liquor 2, the Great American Rap Album 1, Part 1. And on that album, he, um, as many of his other albums, he has a sister do a, um, an intro, a spoken word. And I just want to kind of recite some of that because I feel like it just, it's very relevant. <clears throat> Hijabs, hoodies, afros, locks, teddy bear, liquor, bottle shrines, rocks, tank prayer rugs church pews mexican corn stands blood sweat and tears police batons gas mats and bullets create graffiti on more on corners murals that suit freedom or death of liberty be it inglewood or egypt bedstar or baghdad syria or liberia the west bank or the west side of chicago where food and liquor stores still occupy the block while police and community watchmen justify why they shot emmett till Louise green rakaya Boyd and Trayvon Martin better not wear that hoodie while shopping for a carton or whatever they selling in your food desert because your soul is dessert and will be dissected and consumed on the Fox Evening News while we sing the blues. The new Jim Crow cage bird sings because he's tired of occupying his misery and of our marching. He want to fly to a higher consciousness, but his school on academic probation. They gave him medicine, diagnosed him with a felony and mental retardation, so he refuses to cease the firing. Nobody's hiring. In Illinois, 67 is the new age when you're retiring. Class lines have blurred. Those who used to have, have not. Pensions being snatched. Those who never have, keep their hands stretched. Social services being cut. Sterilization clinics giving out pills to numb the wound. Young girls refer referring to their vaginas as tombs, thinking protests are temporary and trendy, will rock a t-shirt and carry a poster, and two weeks later it's back to normal. But they say times are changing. The revolution is becoming second nature because pauses are combining, people are carrying torches, hope burning from their hands, attaching explosive devices because they keep stealing their lands in the name of freedoms, hijabs, hoodies, afro locks, teddy bear, liquor bottle shrines, rocks, tank prayer tanks, prayer rugs, church pews, Mexican corn stands, Blood, sweat, and tears, police batons, gas masks, and bullets create graffiti on corners. Hi, so once again, you know, welcome back to another episode of Opera Adventures of College Graduate. And um, first, before I get into anything, first I want to say, um, you know, this is a podcast that's sponsored by Hezcore's Gaming. Hezcore Gaming, he's a, a Twitch affiliate gamer um, founded on, well, founded, <laughs> he's found on Twitch. Um, he gives funny, you know, dope uh, gameplay where he plays with other people and, you know, they play Apex and a plethora of other games. And, you know, he is always bringing the funny. So please check him out. You can also find him at Hez underscore gaming on Instagram. Um, if you also can follow me on Instagram at the underscore black underscore ambivert. And also follow me at my podcast page, the AACG podcast on instagram and yeah thank you um of course thank you for all the support last week's episode did really well it was 17 plays so far so i can see the plays steadily going up and you know creating a fan base you know every week i promise to do better with the social media um i guess presence but just things have been coming up and i just i've been bad at that so you know no making excuses and just time to get in my bag but you know with everything going on um 
it hasn't <laughs> been the easiest uh, to do so. But, you know, with that said, we're working to do better. Um, but to get into the topic at play, um, I purposely have avoided doing this topic for the last couple of weeks just because I just didn't feel like I had the mental capacity to do so. You know, and I'm a person that um, just by nature, automatically, I kind of internalize things, you know, that's just who I am. I internalize things. I think about them deeply. I kind of keep them in. And, you know, that's not super healthy. And you have to realize what you can control and what you can't control. And this is one of those things, like I say all the time with my podcast, is that this podcast is um, not just for others, you know, providing information, but it's also cathartic for me you know and there's just been some thoughts that I've been having that I want to kind of get out on this whole you know thing going on first um and I'm probably going to name this episode the elephant in the room um because I've like I've like you know for the last couple weeks I've alluded to what was going on and I posted on social media of course but I haven't really said anything on my page well first if you know me you do know where I stand with things I full-heartedly support um the Black Lives Matter movement um, it's very important that, you know, during this time, we, we kind of follow this movement, but we don't get caught into, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the words I'm looking for. Um, we don't get caught, what are the words I'm looking for? I don't know. I had a point and it just left me that quickly. I think what I was trying to say is that it's very important that, you know, we stay focused on, um, you know, our goals and we keep our eye on the prize ultimately and realize that you know in the bible it says ecclesiastes 9 11 and yeah i had to look that up because i wasn't sure of the verse um that the battle is not given to the swift um the, nor the strong um but he who endures until the end you know i'm religious i'm spiritual in nature um i believe in god also go to church and stuff like that um i subscribe to that uh, form a doctrine, if you subscribe to another one, whether that is believing in, you know, Allah, Buddha, um, you know, the universe, you know, the sun, or any other spiritual means, um, I ask that during this time, um, especially as a, a person of, no, a black person, I'm not gonna say person of color, that's a, a whole other piece <laughs> that I'm, I'm gonna touch on today, but as a, um, a, a as a black person that you you hold on and you cling um to that during this time um that you truly truly do because those are that's some of the things that will help you um you know kind of one first um get out what you're feeling or you still find a conduit for how you're feeling you know realize that you know in suffering there's I don't want to say purpose but you know they're there are ways to kind of help you deal with what you're dealing with is seeing especially given that we're seeing a, we're, we're experiencing a lot of trauma well we all pretty much have ptsd and you're probably like what which is post-traumatic uh slave disorder but neither here nor there um we all suffer from that but those are things like that or you know if you have other means just to kind of get out what you're feeling you know and you know really find an outlet for it I encourage you to do so um even if that's journaling if that's writing down your feelings if that's punching a pillow if that's you know talking to a friend um you know inventing as long as it's mutual because you know we don't want to dump on people other uh emotionally and mentally 
um, as well. You know, some people can't handle certain things at certain times, you know, and sometimes they also need a person to do so as long as it's, uh, it's mutually beneficial or, you know, to have somebody too. But yeah, that's just things to be mindful of. Um, what I want to first get into today is, um, while I'm doing this episode, I'm doing this episode, like I said, because I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't do this episode. Um, one, because there's some things I have to say and I have not said, and I felt like I was going to write them down, um, and just keep them in a journal to myself. But I feel like, you know, that's no benefit. That's of no benefit to anybody else. So I figured, you know, why don't I just, um, go ahead and, you know, get those films out because it may be beneficial to somebody else. And, you know, even if nobody listens to this, um, and <laughs> it's just me that's listening back to it because it's like how I feel like I wanted to um, get out these feelings. That's fine, too. But I know realistically you guys rock with me and I know that you are going to listen to it. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Um, the first thing I want to kind of get into um, with this whole thing is one thing I've been seeing a lot of during this time or the movement is um, people pressuring others and kind of, you know, giving this shaming of like, you know, how you go about doing your work and doing your, you know, protesting. And that's one thing I want to say is that, you know, I want to tell you is that what you're doing is not a waste. It's not a waste at all. You know, what you're doing is what you're you're doing yourself. As long as you are, have found, you know, how you're you're going about doing that. Um, it's not a waste, you know, and don't allow somebody else to tell you that what you're doing, you know, is not beneficial or that, you know, you're, um, you're not protesting the right way or that, oh, you're on the wrong side because you have differing of opinions. And I'm going to touch on that too. Um, when I say differing of opinions, you know, you may be one of the people that says, okay, you know, I get that you're protesting and I get that's your way of doing it. My way of doing it is you know, through X, Y, and Z. Um, and you're saying you feel like that's more of a conductive way of getting it done because at the end of the day, we need every single piece in part moving in a movement to get anything done. You know, you can't just have the, you know, you have the people who might be out on the streets protesting and that's fine, you know, but then you also need the people working behind the scenes, you know, who are, you know, logistically organizing information that are educating people in the masses and stuff like that. You need the people who are, you know, you know, using their economic powers um, to create change. You need the people who are knowledgeable of the law to either teach people to be more knowledgeable of the law or using their knowledge of the law to create that change and stuff like that. That's how this movement is going to be, you know, completely changed and it's going to work. Um, it's not just going to be, you know, one person, um, that's protesting, that's going to be able to create and, you know, just, you know, make the whole movement work. And if we even look at history, you know, history repeats itself. Um, even during the civil rights movement, you know, there wasn't just one leader, you know, some of the biggest ones we may still, of course, think about is MLK and, um, Malcolm X, MLK, but you know, of course, but, you know, he's oftentimes whitewashed, um, unfortunately, um, if you really read his works, he has a differing of opinion, but, you know, he's very clear about, you know, certain aspects, but, um, not gonna get into that, 
But, you know, we oftentimes, you know, we, we see them and we think, okay, these are our biggest people, but there are other people behind them and there are different parts of the movement. You know, the um, the boycott of Birmingham, Alabama, that entire thing, it wasn't just, um, okay, I said the boycott, yeah, the bus boycott of Birmingham, Alabama. It wasn't just a, a thing of like, okay, you know, she's going to get on a bus and she's going to, you know just decide to get arrested. No, there was thinking and timing and logistics put into that. And after that happened, it was like, okay, it was a time period and a clock. Like, all right, you move here, you move in this piece, you move in this piece, you move, 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 move. All doing these different type of things. You know, it wasn't just, and sometimes it does take one person to spark a revolution or to spark a movement, but you have to have everybody working in the movement, you know, and doing different things because realistically, it can't just fall on one person. And if you have it fall on one person, you know, and everybody's not taking, you know, it within within reason, because, you know, everybody's not capable of doing everything, but people aren't taking, you know, a part in it. Um, or, you know, people feel like there's only one way to do it, and they leave it on one person, then, of course, you know, it's always going to be a, um, it's always going to be a thing of like the movement not completely being successful and totally successful. I'm not saying, you know, everybody has to be on one accord because as black people, you know, I very well may never happen. Um, because like I always like to say, we are in mono we are not a monolith. We are so much more than that, you know. We have people who have this interest, we have people who have these disinterests, we have people all over who bring different perspectives and we're where is our our opinions and our personalities are as beautiful as the shades of our skin. You know, you have people on one spectrum who look one way and think one way, you have people on another spectrum who look one way and think a different way, you know. And somewhere in between we have everything else, you know, it's it's a whole entire spectrum of colors and ideas and thoughts and you know, things like that, and you need that, because, you know, one person may be able to reach somebody differently than I'm able to reach somebody, you know, my background allows me to talk to somebody who comes from a similar background as me, um, and maybe other people, but then there's a, there's, that's not to take away from the person who comes from a different background, and who's different from me, who may be able to identify with a whole other group of people, and, you know, that's necessary too, so, that's a roundabout way of saying do what you can and do what you are able to um first because first off you know we are very much still in a pandemic and i want to make that very clear is that you know and i'm going to go conspiracy theory or whatever i'm not doing that here but like you know it is no secret and you know it is no lie that um black people people of color um have a gripe with that uh using people of color um i'll explain that later but like as black people oftentimes um we are you know we're not oftentimes it is we are disproportionately affected by you know this virus or like many health conditions you know unfortunately um given the environments that we live in and as you heard in this uh spoken word um from you know lupe fiasco album you know we live in food deserts stuff like that so what we eat and put in our bodies oftentimes accumulates into health conditions you know and these health conditions unfortunately affect our immune system and if i'm not mistaken i think i was looking into some type of research i think we as black people um 
um, are sometimes disproportionately, you know, affected by autoimmune diseases. And because this illness, this virus, you know, totally like banks on, you know, an overreaction of immune systems and weak immune systems or, you know, compromised immune systems, it's doing its work. So if you are going to be going out, if you are going to be protesting, please, 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 please practice social distancing. Please protect yourself. Wear a mask. Listen, get a face barrier if you have to. Have a face shield. I bought one. I got it from the store. I think I got mine from Staples or something like that. Buy them. Double up on a mask. Do what you have to As I was saying, protect yourself. Um, I already said practice social distancing. Get the face shield. Um, ensure that you are, um, you know, getting regularly tested. And, you know, self-quarantine, you know. Please do that. If you have a um an elderly person in your household or somebody with a immune deficiency, or you even have immune deficiency, possibly consider you know not going out and avoiding that if you have if you can, or if you're if it's not you necessarily, but you have someone you're living with in a home or whatever, you know definitely practice social distancing. You know, and um, I would say self quarantine. You know, and get testing. Testing is still not as widely available but if you can do the testing and stuff like that test as much as you can after um after the fact because you know we ultimately you know while we're fighting this battle we're fighting two battles and unfortunately as black people it's sad that we've been put that this has been put on us this burden's been put on us the fact that we literally have to fight two freaking pandemics at the same time the pandemic of racial and uh racial injustice as well as the pandemic of a virus that, you know, affects us <laughs> more so than others. Um, but it, I, I'm a, like I said, I'm a believer that, you know, the race is not necessarily given to the swift, it's given to those who endure forever and forever. And that's what we're doing, and that's what we're going to keep doing. We're going to keep rocking out until we can't do it no more, you know, at the end of the day. But, yeah, definitely protect yourself um, during these times if you are going to do that but if you aren't able to you know protest or whatever else um there are definitely other ways to to um you know to to get involved there's plenty of i would say um there's a plenty of petitions online there's places you can give money um you know education of course is very important you can always do that uh hold on one second y'all Alright, I'm back. But yeah, you know, providing education of, you know, what's going on to others um, within a community. Um, if you decide you want to, you know, pass information along to people who want to ally themselves who aren't necessarily part of the community, you know, maybe that's your, that's how you're helping too. But, you know, don't kill yourself and go out your way to, you know, do that either. Um, if that's not something that you're very much interested in doing or you, or you want to do, um, at the same time, but education, definitely one way that you can, you know, you can do that. I'm trying to think of some other ways, um, you know, doing research on different organizations, you know, um, and entities within the system 
and how you can try to combat that actively, you know. Um, If there's an entity that's not doing things well, how can you combat them? Who funds them? How can you attack that funding? Or how can you, you know, reach out to them, you know, holding holding people accountable, you know, for their... um, for their actions is a very, very good way. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, when you hit, start hitting people in their pockets, they feel it more so than what you say to them and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, we are still, you know, racially um, <laughs> not equal. We're, it's still a lot of racial injustice, I guess is the word I'm looking for. But economically, we're, you know, there's a lot of disparities there too. Um, and if you hit people in their pockets, they they listen. <laughs> they do their very best to listen. So um, be mindful of that as well um, when doing things, you know, and just um, loaning support, you know, and, you know, words, um, speaking up, you know, doing what you can. Just find what it works for you. Because um, like I said, everybody's not going to be out on the front lines, you know. And everybody's not meant to be. Um, so, you know, do what you can. Oh, here's another one. I'm sorry. Even after you're, if you're at work and stuff like that, I know that gets very tricky and, you know, that gets very difficult. But seeing if your job, I'll say, like, you know, where you can at your job, so don't get fired. Because, you know, you still need to take care of your family, you know, livelihood and stuff like that. But, you know, seeing what your company is doing to, um, you know to support this movement or to, you know, help bridge the gap or disparity and stuff like that. Being mindful of that, being tapped in and in tune to those things, you know, and if they're not, what are some ways that you can, you know, possibly get that done if it is even that culture? Um, And also just knowing is, you know, um, is that where you want to keep your talents at? If you have the ability to do so, because, you know, Everybody's not in a position to just up and leave a job. Um, there are other responsibilities and stuff like that and things that keep you there. But ultimately, in the long run, if it is in a place that um, is showing too much care to you as a person, how do you want to go about that? You know, those are things that you need to be mindful of and ways that you can help with the movement in itself. Um, but moving on from that, the next thing I wanted to talk about, um, I want to say education starts in different places. So, you know... Everybody will not be super, um, and I, I've said this before, there are different, I hate to even say it because it sounds very elitist in a sense, and I don't like that, but there are different, different um, levels to, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Give me one second, y'all. Um, let me back around. Um, do a recording at home. <laughs> um, on a random Sunday or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. There are, um, education starts in many places, and, you know, essentially, you know, 
I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to sound elitist, but there are different levels to education, to understanding, um, and also things that are appropriate um, to understanding what this looks like of being black in America and what that belief has. So, you know, you have the people who are, and I think at the very basis, most, if not all African Americans realize that there is some type of, you know, that's one of the first things that you learn like no matter what household did you grow up in or what situation you're in um i won't well i won't speak for that i won't you know say everybody but i feel like you know it's on a surface level in the very beginning there's understanding that you're black and that you're different and that things aren't quite you know the same and equal for you um there's some type of understanding there um as far as that you know and then of course you know the general um public education system and all that stuff, you know, you learn about slavery, you learn about how Martin Luther King came about and, you know, saved everybody and we were all cool and stuff like that. But there are deeper um, things that need to be taught or, you know, can be learned about there that um, allows for a deeper understanding of things, you know, and to be have a deeper understanding also has this, I don't want to say this risk, but it also comes with this set of things too, because, you know, the more that you know and the more that you understand about this system of oppression that you're in and some of the things that weren't quite great that happened, um, you began to, um, and in some face, some places and some people you can, you know, you can develop a bit of a bitterness, but I will say in those cases, you have to take that bitterness and you have to turn it into something constructive. So let me kind of get into it. So like, boom, at the very stage, you know, there's understanding of separation and, you know, understanding that I'm black, you know, everything may not be completely equal for me. That's one piece to it. Um, as you continue to move on, there are then um, thoughts that go into it um, that, all right, I'm not equal. Um, however, what does this look like um, and why am I not equal? So then you start looking into the deeper history of it. And so, like, I'll try to give some resources here and stuff like that. And, you know, first I want to say, um, before I get deeper into it, that if anybody has any questions or wants to discuss, you know, history or education and stuff like that and learn more, there's different resources I can give you um, that would be able to help you um, or just have a conversation about it. I'm more than willing to do that because um, I think education is key. And there's levels to it, right? So... <clears throat> You understand and you know that there's a system. Now, how much deeper do you want to get into it? Um, understanding that this system is built and it's systemic or systematic. I, I, was, I was just looking at a, a systematic. Uh, I was looking at a post on Twitter the other day about how that beats our ass. <laughs> um, but, excuse me. You know, looking at that, um, that we're in a systematic system and, like, all the things that happen so... You know, when you start looking at, um, you know, black codes and, you know, how, you know, different black people were and still are kept out of certain neighborhoods, um, you know, because of, you know, post uh, reconstruction um, and how those rules and those effects are still in place today. You know, the system of segregation and not just understanding segregation, but also what that looked like in terms of the destruction of areas and places that um, were created by black people for black people, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
Um, I think more people are becoming aware of that now, but that was like considered a black mecca, uh, a neighborhood that was prominent for black people, um, completely bombed and destroyed by the residents there who felt as though they didn't, you know, deserve that. Um, and all they were doing was minding their own black business, <laughs> literally minding their own black business, you know, and ensuring that they were, you know, doing what they need to do. But there are other stories. There's a story, um, in Tallahassee, Florida about a community that that's happened to, um, look into that. There's a story of, um, don't give me the line, uh, it's in the back of my brain, it's in the back of my brain. What is that place called? Um, Central Park. And how that was a um, area that was taken away from black people, you know, and it was destroyed and then recreated at Central Park and stuff like that. And so all these different injustices, you know, in a sense of just that one realm of segregation and how that looks, you know. And then, you know, looking at the systematic system, how things are kind of put into place. So um, a documentary that I recommend, but I know that, you know, it might be touchy. Um, given what's happened with him, um, there was a documentary that was done by Bill Clinton, uh, not Bill Clinton, Jesus, <laughs> um, it was, what was that laugh? Bill Cosby, um, and honestly, it's called Hit Black History Lost the Winter Straight, you know, and honestly, you know, um, I... Because of what he's done and stuff like that, you know, um, some people may not want to watch it, and I completely understand. I think that it does have a, a good amount of um, of knowledge in it. Um, he is the narrator, and I think he did do the backing of it, but there's still a lot of good history in it that I would say watch it. If you are able to separate it or, you, or whatever, um, but if you feel like you can, you feel like that's uh, disrespectful to you or to the victims, you know, I totally understand, too. Um but it's actually on YouTube. It's called Black History Lost Stolen and, and, you know, different things of that sort. But, like, you know, as you look into that, um, and I'm trying not to get too, too deep because I could be here all day talking about that. But, you know, looking at, um, you know, back in history and even before segregation, you know, um, looking at, you know, the movie, um, uh, the title is escaping me right now. I'm going to give you out a title right now. Because uh, I think this is important. It's very important. Yes, Birth of a Nation, original Birth of a Nation, not the 2016 one that many people didn't watch. Um, no, you know, not that version, um, but the original Birth of a Nation and what that did, you know, and how black people in that beginning of, um, you know, at least in American history, um, how black people were portrayed, portrayed or black men were, that first began to be portrayed as these savages and these evil rapists that were trying to take the the virtue of, you know, of, of white women, things of that sort. And, um, you know, from it beginning there to, you know, it being showed at the White House <laughs> and, you know, most of the actors, 
not most of them, all the actors being in blackface, and that's where the beginning of blackface comes from, um, or one of the parts of where the blackface comes from, at least in our American history, um, one of the significant ones, and knowing that, and, you know, getting into some more of the, the, the minstrel shows of history, and how, you know, it was used to downplay black men and black women, and, you know, even how, to this day, you know, how it's connected with how black men were portrayed as, you know, as wusses or you know they were you know getting sometimes if we move more into that you know more modern I guess you could say views of black men not only were they savage and stuff like that but they were lazy they were you know they weren't as masculine they weren't able to do this or that and then you know there was the you know trying to turn black women into you know a more um trying to you know make them be seem less feminine or less human and stuff like that and taking away who they are as women and their identity and you know how that's even gone into like our um our structure now um as far as the black household and stuff like that and I mean it sounds like a stretch but you know you have to be mindful what's put in garbage in garbage out what is put into you and what's fed to you and stuff like that if there's an idea and there's a thought process that you know shows you that a black man should be one way and a black woman should be one way and then there are literally systems put into place um <laughs> such as um systems and i want to say it was specifically chicago um you can correct me if i'm wrong of systems where oh if you wanted to have a black if you wanted to get this type of form of housing um that was more affordable to you um then you had to not allow your black husband or you know a black man to live with you and yes this this very much happened you can check the history books but you had to essentially kick the black man um out of your home to do so and putting all those things together and showing how that was a dynamic that destroyed the black family you understand and that's just a one example of you know of how i would say you know there's so much, you know, issues within the systematic um, system of slavery, you know, and even colorism and stuff like that. And I'll talk about that a little bit, you know, that is not by accident, you know, and that is very much a true and we can't even probably, you know, really fully grasp the how barbaric slavery um, and we weren't slaves, we were enslaved individuals. Let's, let's stop that narrative right now. <laughs> um, but you know, talking about how, how very barbaric the, the, the system, the cattle system of slavery in America was, and, you know, and, you know, I feel like some of it was definitely, some of it, I think, you know, was definitely done by full design and on purpose and stuff like that, and, you know, it's still done because these are the systems that were created before. Some of it, I think, was just for them, uh, the oppressors, I use that word, um, because I don't want to say white, black whatever because you can even go into that history (laughs) um because it gets deep it just gets deep but you know the um the thought process of like you know the paper bag test or if you're a certain complexion you were in the house versus if you were in the field and you know that that debate and that pain right there and it wasn't even something that was created by us it was created by another individual and just just showing how our fate was literally you know taken from us and it was steered into a different direction um, in a sense, because somebody else decided to build a narrative for us, and it's just like it was said, um, <laughs> and this isn't necessarily, um, it doesn't necessarily connect, but, 
you know, those who commit the murders also write the reports. So those who are also, you know, demonizing you for being this way are also the ones who wrote the narrative in the beginning, which is why it's important, ladies and gentlemen, to always, always have control of our narrative. Um, and, you know, I always say that's why, I'm, you know, it's, it's very important to have control of our narrative and to, you know, be able to write our own narratives and be able to tell the full truth of the story and stuff like that. Um, and be mindful of what we're taking in and be mindful of who's producing and giving this narrative to us. Because when they are doing this, are they doing it with the intention to truly educate us or are they doing it with the intention to, one, push an agenda? <clears throat> and agendas are, you know, are, act, are a real thing and everybody has an agenda. It depends on what your purpose to the agenda is. Is it an agenda to unify people, agenda to educate people, is it an agenda to push a un untrue and unfair narrative, is it an agenda to do whatever, you have to be mindful of these things, which is why it's good to have a control, have control over your, your, you know, your narrative ultimately, you know, fully and wholeheartedly, because, you know, um, when you don't have control over it, people can tell stories that aren't true, um, and, you know, I'm jumping all over the place, you know, and I hope I'm not coming off as rambling, but um, jumping from there and talking about, you know, colorism and talking about the slave souls and stuff like that and talking about now getting into modern history or modern times and how we even view like, you know, different movies of like slavery and movies of, um, of um, you know, oppression and black history. While, yes, you know, it's very important for us to, you know, while yes it's very painful to watch and i can even say i'm i'm tired of them um it's very important that we still watch them while also creating content of other times showing black people who weren't necessarily um enslaved <laughs> um or oppressed in some shape or form but actually doing well still waiting and i have not watched the, the godfather of harlem yet i need to watch it but I've been saying for years, and I think that might be the closest thing I'm going to get, but I've been saying for years that, you know, we need a Harlem Renaissance movie that fully encompasses everything, but neither here nor there, sidetrack. But, like, going back to that, like, you know, the different movies that aren't as uplifting as, say, a Harlem Renaissance movie and stuff like that, it's very important that while we are sick of them, that we continue to watch them and we continue to be into them and stuff like that because, you know, once we start losing that interest or whatever... Or we start supporting people of color, not uh, black people, people of color, um, who do create them. Um, because once you stop showing that interest, and this was given to me by a college professor of, my, of mine um, when I was taking um, African-American history. I think it was 1861 to 1960. I'm not exactly sure. I took one version. I didn't take the other one. I took the one that led from to slavery. I think it was 1861. Um, but essentially he said, once you get to a point where you stop watching these things, you show that you're not interested in them and stuff like that, you have to be very careful because um, as history shows, you know, people create narratives of their own and you don't want it to become a thing of like, you know, take a figure like Harriet Tubman. Um, you don't want it to become a thing where, you know, she, her story is completely, you know, um, taken away and it's it's diluted and it's not even the same thing and next thing you know you have somebody who's blind and blonde playing Harry Tubman in a movie and somehow it's become like uh 
uh, she's become some type of slave Adventist who's, ne- who's never been a slave or something like that. And that sounds very ridiculous in, in the terms of things, but it's not when you really think about how, you know, different historical figures have been <laughs> portrayed in different movies. Um, Gods of Egypt being one. Um, we speak historically, we talk about Egypt and, you know, Egypt being originally Kemet, um, Kemet literally mean Blacklands, <laughs> um, um, is the best translation that we believe we have, um, uh, then you know that, <laughs> you know, most of the people who were in Kemet, um, and that's KMT, because there are no vowels in Metanature, um, they look like people who would probably more so um would be closer to the skin complexion that we had <laughs> uh black people had or whatever um or whatnot um but you know those things right and that's why it's important to control that narrative and to do that and that's a very roundabout way i've been talking about education but those are just examples i want to give you guys of things that you know you can be educated on and stuff like that and that's a different level and that's like you know that goes from very from like the very basic level of understanding like okay there's an issue to then understanding like you know the laws to then understanding you know there's there's levels up to you know understanding the different parts and pieces of the um the systematic um things that have been put into place then to understanding how to actually getting you know get things done and stuff like that and you need people at each entire level because it's like a i want to say a lift as you climb type of thing because it's like okay if i go from one level understanding to another level understanding you know i'm going to educate people on this level as i go from next level to another understanding i'm going to lift people and educate them there because at the end of the day you know everybody and i'm i'm gonna you know i'm be very honest everybody before they leave this earth is not going to be super well versed and you know um African history and I mean that's very impossible because there are hundreds and hundreds of cultures and you know probably thousands of cultures and you know um languages and stuff like that within the African continent you know Africa is not a country it's a continent um but everybody's not going to be well versed and you know I'll I'll you know to make it even more smaller you know the transatlantic slave and some of those nuances there and you know how things have come about and like you know how why the Ashanti people did what they did (laughs) um and you know things of that sort um everybody won't be as well versed on it but if they have a better but if you can at least give them a better understanding of like once we got here some of those systemic systematic uh things that were put into place I think you have a more educated person who's able to for more you know easily fight for something rather than just kind of sit back because you know the the saying goes and I don't, you know, and I, the thought process, you know, as you become more educated, you don't want to become more enraged, but it does happen, but you have to use that rage or something, but to be, uh, I guess you could say, um, I don't want to misquote James Baldwin, but I'll say it's more of the gist to, to be awoke in America is to be, uh, I'm going to just say it, give you an actual quote. Because I do not want to mess up this quote. Uh, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious to be enraged almost... To be enraged 
<laughs> almost all the time, you know. And that's the truth of the matter, you know. The more and more and more and more that you learn, you understand there's a possibility of becoming more enraged because you understand the things that have been done. And sometimes there's a sense of helplessness, but you can't take it as that. You have to take it as, you know, okay, I'm pissed off. I'm annoyed at this stuff. And I'm now more educated on this. But now what am I going to do with this? What ways am I going to combat this system? What, and you know, in creativity, what creative ways of my mind and in my 21st century, you know, mindset am I going to, um, to combat this? And also a very important point too about education is it gets you out of some of those, um, very problematic mindsets that weren't even, that didn't even belong to you (laughs) originally, because once you're able to recognize that it's a, a mindset that was given to you by something else, um, then you understand this is not a mindset of my own to have taken on. Um, and it's it's problematic in a sense that it's preventing me from, you know, growing in certain places and certain aspects, you know, because you take on this mindset of like, you know, this, I don't want to get into it too much because it gets deep, but like, you know, um, I'll just say, you know, hey, um, I'll, I'll use the word humanitarian because I'm being very careful to mince my words um, to say it without saying it. But I mean, I've said enough, but whatever. But like, you know, okay, we'll say a humanitarian, a very uh, universal and um, global mindset is probably the nicest way to put it. You know, sometimes we don't necessarily have that here, um, you know, on the soil of having that more so mindset, that, um, that global mindset of like helping others, you know, and, you know, being educated on that because it's very pushed, you know, the education and, you know, the country here. And I mean, in every country, you should have a certain amount of pride, um, if it's warranted. <laughs> um, cause read your textbook, history textbooks, some of that stuff ain't warranted. Uh, <laughs> trail of tears. <laughs> um, Panama Canal. <laughs> uh, Hawaii. But anyway. <laughs> I'm spitting today. We spitting today. But um um but every country has a history and every country has a uh a culture and a thing that they want you to learn about. Um and that is fine and good, but when it overtakes the thought process of learning about other countries and their culture and understanding that, I think it becomes an issue. Um and now I'll say, you know, that's a mindset uh, of, of kind of like ignorance that we have here. You know, I'll say I had that mindset of ignorance and I probably still have it like and it wasn't until I traveled abroad. Um, and, you know, I've actually I mean, I've technically traveled abroad before I've traveled to Canada, but I mean, that's different. But it wasn't like, you know, a huge, huge difference because, you know, with it being so close to America and it being like an area that was like, you know, predominantly English that was spoken and stuff like that it wasn't real but it wasn't until I probably traveled abroad to the Bahamas um recently um this year that you know I started looking at things very differently and you know started getting out of that like you know that um kind of we're just here mindset even I don't I won't even say I really had that but it like it, it definitely brought in my mind and like you know the possibilities and made me go like god I need to travel more I want to go travel here now. I want to travel here now. I want to learn more about this culture here. I want to learn more about this here. I want to learn about this and da 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 da. You know, and that's a that's a very you know, very mindset that we have here. Um, that's a mindset that we don't necessarily have here. You know, 
um, where it's like, you know, pushed of traveling and learning more about other people because we're like, you know, put up on so much as being one of the greatest things since sliced bread. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's very ignorant because there's so much to be learned in other places and from other cultures, you know. And I think, you know, especially since we um, kind of been stripped of that culture, uh, of our own cultures, um, but we also have our own culture here. Um, it's interesting, I feel like, to combine and to look at and compare how we've created, like, our own culture here um, and seeing what, like, you know other people have done with their cultures um or you know done in different countries it'd be very you know interesting to, to see that um but that's that's the other point of why I was saying it's important to educate because you know had I not traveled or had I not had that idea that I want to get outside of this mindset of like you know being very focused on America or you know whatever um or you know not wanting to travel and feeling like I'm good here um it could have cost me very dearly, you know, and it, it could have been harmful because it's like, you know, out of that, you know, I'm only focused on my culture comes ignorance and, you know, oh, you know, everybody from this place is like that or everybody from this place is like that or, you know, these very ignorant stereotypes and stuff like that. Um, or, you know, even just this very, you know, huge apathy that's given, um, especially when you just kind of need, you know, love and connection in the world and stuff like that and when you need to you need to be able to you know empathize with um things that are going on around you and realize that you know even in i mean it's very important that we do focus on ourselves during this time you know as we we go through this movement and stuff like that but it's also very important to also um emphasize empathize with what's going on around you as well um of course but that's another piece of education I want to talk about. Um, and that's kind of what I'll say on that right now. Because, um, you know, there's so many things I want to kind of, like, you know, touch on. Another thing I want to talk on is a reality check. You're probably like, whoa, what is he talking about here? Um, when I say reality check. And this is when it's probably going to get spicy <laughs> in this episode. When I talk about reality check, I want to just make some things clear and some things that I've observed um, that I don't too much bang with or I think need to be addressed. So the first thing is, um, is this, um, we need to realize that in this movement, <laughs> um, you might have your own biases, but cut the crap. And put your biases away right now because whether or not you are, you know, you are, you are, um, you are a trans male, you're a trans woman, you are male, I mean, you're cisgendered, you identify as they, them, we, us, you are, you know, straight, bisexual, pansexual, um, uh, queer. Um, asexual, every single thing you can identify as, you know, that this movement is for everybody. It ain't just for me, the, you know, the heterosexual black male. It's not just for her, the heterosexual black woman. It's not for this one. It's not for this one. It's for everybody. And, you know, in order for us to fight this, we got to realize where everybody has had a point 
and purpose in this <laughs> um in this battle you know and everybody has stake in this battle and that we need to defend each other and fight each other we need to really like stop some of this tribalist stuff or whatever you know and i'm not going to get into how we got there because that's a conversation a very long conversation for another day and you know being that i'm religious i i i don't even want to touch that one because i i i'll say i'm not i'm not super traditional with my views <laughs> um just how i view things and stuff like that and i don't even want to go into that but um at the end of the day it's like christ says we're all human jesus says we're all human and you're above anything else you should love your neighbor um <clears throat> and a part of loving your neighbor is also standing up for your neighbor especially if your neighbor lives across the street from you you know and what i mean by that is your neighbor in your neighborhood meaning your fellow black man or black woman or black whatever you know you need to stand up for each other um you know and respect each other because at the end of the day we're all fighting out here for our lives because when you see black skin it is a threat or it is a target it doesn't matter if you're this or that or you know or any of these things and so instead of being so focused on what somebody else is doing and disrespecting them and feeling like oh they don't deserve to be a part of this nah homie nah <laughs> instead of focusing on that and doing that you need to be focused on how you can, you know, help them, you know, be a part of the movement. How you can be inclusive. How you can fight alongside with them. Fight alongside your brother or your sister or, you know, I'm trying to be very inclusive. I'm trying to mince my words because I don't want to offend anybody. Excuse me if I do. Um, or how you fight alongside them or they or us or we. Or... Um, yeah, but you need to be mindful of that because it's it's one thing that's very sickening is that, you know, and that's and this goes into um the black women too of this movement. You know, as a black man, I can even say, you know, there's <clears throat> a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of disadvantages, um, or perceived disadvantages of being a black man, or I'll say challenges. I don't want to say disadvantages. There are challenges that comes with being a black man. Um, but there are also some advantages as well. You know, I know at the very end of the day, my mama's going to rock for me. That I have black women who are rooting for me. That there are black women who are fighting for me. You know, who are making it so that, you know, their future sons, their, their sons that are already here, their nephews, their grandsons, their boyfriends, their husbands... You know, all these people are taken care of and me being a black man, I automatically benefit from that because you're not just they, they're not just fighting as black women. They're not just fighting for, you know, they are one particular black man or if they are, it all becomes a collective thing that ends up helping everybody. But we got to keep that same energy for our black women. You know, at the end of the day, we have to keep that same energy. We do because, you know, what? In the case of Breonna Taylor, that woman was sleeping in her bed. In her fucking bed. Excuse my French, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to cuss this episode. I don't want to be this. But she was sleeping in her bed. Her bed. And she was shot. 
go sleeping in her bed out of the way, the most out of the way that you can be. Sandra Bland was stopped for a stopped for a, a, a out headlight for um, you know a tail light excuse me ended up dead for a tail light <laughs> you know and the list goes on and on and on and on and on you know um even just recently I a story I didn't hear about a 90 year old woman was shot to death um by some corrupt you know people cops um and it was covered up 90 years old and accused of selling having weed in her house or whatever it's it's sickening you know and these are oftentimes untold stories of the movement or whatever but no more we're not doing this anymore and let's just make this let's, let's also you know look back and think about this that that whole civil rights movement it would not have been possible if it wasn't for some of the black if it was if it wasn't for the black women as well as the black men of the movement who, you know, really, really, really took on that role, you know, and they stayed back and they did things, or they spoke up, or they, you know, they organized or whatever, you know, even I'll even say Coretta Scott King, it took a strong woman <laughs> to be a wife to, to Martin, especially knowing some of the, the things that unfortunately plagued Martin, who was not a perfect individual, you know, and we know what it is, um, there's the allegations of affairs and whatever and stuff like that. And I say allegations because I'm not going to get into that. But like, you know, just that at that very basis, you know, and it may have very well been true. Um, But just, you know, with that, dealing with that, but still trying to, you know, maintain face and be a part of the movement and support her husband completely, you know, Rosa, you know, we have... um what is her name? Oh, she passed. Ah, oh, what is her name? Mm. Excuse me, y'all. I'm bad with names. We having brain farts. I'm gonna pull her name up right now. Urfikit, yes, Urfikit, who literally spoke out, <laughs> and her career was destroyed because she spoke out who didn't care about what happened to her you know who who spoke out about what was going on career destroyed and you know especially yeah the 50s and 60s yeah spoke out against everything that was going on and like you know they end up trying to take her out and they discredit her and stuff like that um who didn't care, who even, you know, unfortunately, uh, I'm, I'm going to quote it correctly, um, who was dating a very, uh, another very prominent, uh, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> black actor or so, um, and who was, you know, completely dissed about that. Because she was not a black woman. Uh, she was not a white woman. Because she was a black woman. You know, she was discredited. And it was like, yeah, I need a black... I need a white woman in order to, you know, break into mainstream. And if you want to know what more about that, look it up. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> 
if you want to know more about that, look up Urfa Kid and Harry Belafonte. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, got, it, it gets very ugly, you know, and oftentimes, like I said, it, you know, black women get the short end of the stick. And no longer are we doing that. You know, in order for this movement to be, you know, be done right and, you know, to get some real change to happen, we need everybody on the front lines together holding, you know, arm in arm, you know, doing different things to to be, you know, and being the knowledge for their, their work and the knowledge for what's going on for them, you know, in order to win this and to, you know, create some real type of change, you know, and also getting back to, you know, um, people who, you know, of the LGBTQIA community, you know, some of your, you know, even during the civil rights movement, and I'm using that because I know that's a very good point of reference for people. There were some people who are part of that community then, unsung heroes, who never, um, who never got their just due or got, you know, their, their shine. And not that they did it for the shine, but they were completely dismissed and moved from the entire movement um, just because of that. Um, Bayard Rustin being <laughs> Bayard Rustin. Um, I wanted to look up his name and give him because I wanted. I think it's very important to 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 say these people's names to you know to let them be known to let it be known who they are. And he was from Westchester, PA, surprisingly. Um, so not too far from Lincoln University, but you know, people who are unsung, who people don't recognize, who had very big parts of the movement and literally was going to be one of the faces of the movement or the face of the movement but because of his um you know his sexuality he was not (laughs) um he was not and that's not fair um and we have to get past that and it's like no we can't do that anymore like during this time we're just we're not doing that we're fighting for everybody we're respecting everybody we're doing all these things together because you know at the end of the day like i said to the people who are looking out and who who see what's going on, they don't care if you're. They don't care. You know, all they see is black skin at a target, you know. And it's it's also just human compassion too, you know, for each other, you know, and caring about each other, you know. What your life is not worth more, or my life is not worth more because you know, I'm considered the quote unquote norm, and I use the quote unquote norm because what is normal there is no such thing as normal we are all different different is normal you know diversity is normal not these you know one box or one you know yeah one box fits all you know things that we consider normal that's not it (laughs) that's not it at all normal is different normal is different is having all these different things going on um and that's how i feel about that that's one thing I wanted to bring up, like, check your homophobia at the door, check your sexism at the door, check your ageism at the door, check all those things at the door to be a part of this movement, and do the work, and worry less about what's going on with somebody else, and give them the respect that they deserve, and especially for the black men, rock out for the black women just as hard as they've been rocking out for you, rock out for other communities as hard as they've been rocking out for you, because they've still been rocking out for you, regardless, period, blank. And that's on that. That's it. <laughs> but um, another thing I want to talk about, reality check. And I've been alluding to it. And this is probably going to be more of the controversial things I say today. 
it's a people of color thing. And the reason I said I don't necessarily, you know, always subscribe to that use of language um, is that I think, you know, oftentimes it's, um, while it's kind of good and it can be a very connecting point, I think it also can be used to sometimes take away from the form of movement and stuff like that. And, you know, taking it takes away from what's going on. So, and I think it's used, it's used when it, when it's convenient, right? Um, because I think oftentimes, you know, because of us having so much, um, I'm trying to think of a proper way to say this, you know, we all have our oppression. We all have our things that go on, you know. We all have things that, you know, affect us differently. Um, but I feel like there oftentimes is a very, very much a, a lack of, of, of understanding among each other, you know, sometimes. And because of that, when I see, you know, when you see people of color used, I feel like, you know, it's not totally used in a way it should be used. Or it's not a fair usage because it's like... Well, we're saying we're people of color, but it's like, you know, I'm not understanding what this person has going on here. Or, you know, I'm not standing with them in solidarity any other time, you know, or, you know, this person over here doesn't understand where I'm going, you know, where I'm coming from and all that stuff. And it becomes an issue, you know, especially as a black person. Um, and I know that's some of it's by design, too, where there's been this, um, unfortunately, I'll say this hierarchy of um, of oppression or of oppress that's been put into play. <laughs> um, uh, and on that hierarchy, sometimes I feel like we fall at the very bottom of it. So I get that there's there's that too. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all oppressed. We all are. So it's like, you know, call a spade a spade and call things out for what they are, you know. And once we do that, and once we fully have an understanding of what's going on with each other, and a caring to, you know, understand that. And when we're not perpetuating some of those stereotypes put on. Um, because some of those things are taught and some of those things are, you know, pushed by, you know, agendas, like as talked about earlier, are pushed by individuals who um, really, really don't want to see you win <laughs> or see anybody win. Um, because they feel like there's probably, you know, there's there's definitely, you know, less power in, for them, you know, it's better for things to be, you know, um, I guess you could say, you know, divided. There's more power for them in, in division than there, than there is for, than there is for us, you know, when we're just, you know, just power and unification for that, for us and for them, there is no power in that. Um, but I think like oftentimes that's, but my, that's my biggest problem. Like, you know, and that's why I always specify black people or African Americans. One because I can speak to my experiences. Um and I mean empathy is very important, but I can always speak to my experiences. Um, most of the time as a black person, you know, and things that I go through. And I can say, you know, and I will say, um, because of the tribalism and the, you know, the different things that have put in place in this hierarchy of, of oppression, my feelings get hurt because like, you know, one of the biggest things I've saw during this time or some things I've seen during this time is when there have been black protesters, and it's why I make that distinction because there, and I will say too, there's a lot of, you know, a racism or prejudice among oppressed groups, you know, even us, you know, we, we perpetuate certain things, but, you know, what's not okay is not, is to add in and, you know, you know, create, 
more problems within that system or, you know, perpetuate that yourself, like seeing like during a protest, you know, people of different cultures um, running off people from protesting or feeling like they were going to loot or, you know, threatening to fight or, you know, going around killing or harming people who are black just because they want to have a, you know, a movement <laughs> that's that's going to ultimately, I feel like, in two, it trickles down too. That's another piece. Some of this stuff trickles down. Ultimately, at the end of the day, of the movement, it's, you know, it, it ultimately is like, if I'm doing better for me and myself and I'm fighting against some of the suppression, you're ultimately going to benefit from it too. Some of it, because there are things that, you know, issues of your own community that, you know, completely identify or align with the issues that we're fighting for. And it's like, you know, with us fighting for these things, you're automatically going to benefit from that. And so to have people, you know, either, you know, perpetuate some of the hate that <laughs> the oppressors already give us or, you know, to fight and to, you know, not even speak up or feel like, you know, it's a mute point or to just be nasty about it. I don't mess with that at all. That that was disgusting to me and that was sickening to me, you know, and it's hurtful too. And that's why I just like, I don't generally like the term people of color, you know, when talking about movement, because I think it really, it really ignores, um, one, I think black people are oftentimes ignored, um, and their pain is ignored and it's just thrown in, um, there. And I think it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always do us, you know, justice, um, you know, individually either, because, you know, we call ourselves such a melting pot or whatever, and things of that sort, but like, you know, what is the term people of color? Let's just call people what they are. You know, we have Hispanic people or people from, you know, South America. And that's another thing. We have indigenous people. We have, you know, people who are Asian. We have people who are from the Middle East. We have people from here. We have people from there. We have people who are African. We have people from who are um, from the West Indies. You know, I don't know if that's the right term i don't want to use the rest indies um with people from you know the islands that's probably the better political term to use you know we have so many different people and when you lump them into one category you're taking away from each of their movements and their pain and their perspective of things you know and when you have one group that's particularly i say beat up even more so you need to acknowledge that you know you truly do you need to acknowledge that because unfortunately um that that's been some of the points you know i've and it's not getting to you know all that things but you know i've experienced some of that tribalism and some of that prejudice you know from other people um who are considered people of color um <laughs> who are in you know who are in the same racial group or, you know, minority, quote-unquote minority group, because we're not a minority. That's another thing. We're, 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 we're very much not the minority, but, you know, I'll just use those terms. You know, but other people of different, um, I guess, oppressed groups. Um, I've experienced some of the oppression. They've tried to put on me. And it's like, yo, that's just wrong. Why are you doing this? Like, you know, but I think it's a certain amount of, like, you know, of the power that you're that's given to you know people you know and then a, a lack of you know it doesn't affect me 
so I don't have to care to understand what's going on. Or I don't have to fight against this because I'm in not feeling like I'm, you know, affected directly right now. But at the end of the day, you know, unless you unify, you know, it may not be you today, but it could be you tomorrow, you know. And I know there's been a lot of tension, um, oftentimes between, you know, the black community, you know, and the, um, uh, I'll say the Asian American community, um, because of, you know, different things of, you know, feeling like, you know, you know, just different pieces of stuff like that, and, you know, different tensions among there, but, like, you know, there, there's, unfortunately, with this virus, too, it's been revealed that, you know, um, racism is very much uh, given for them, too, as it is for us, and, you know, understanding that there needs to be some more type of unity, you know, and it needs to be less of that, you know, that, that bull crap of, oh, you know, I don't understand that, or, oh, they're making it worse for everybody else, or, oh, they need to do this, or they need to do that, you don't get a right to tell, like, I don't get a right to tell you how to handle what's going on in your community as far as your oppression or whatever, and how you're affected, and what you need to do, and, you know, and to downplay it, you don't get a t- you don't have the right to tell me, and to downplay what I'm going through, you know, and say I'm making excuses, because, when it's put on you and if shoes on the other foot, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to fight with you. Or I'm trying to, you know, put the word out there too. Or, you know, be a human about it and say, I don't fully understand, but I want to know. I want to understand. Um, <clears throat> and that's why I think that that term is just like, you know, I don't know if another term that could probably be used, um, you know, I, I can't think of it, but I think, you know, we just, you gotta be very careful when you use that term, um, cause I just feel like it doesn't, it, you know, it leaves out different people, and it's like, it can be used as a term to really, more so, it's used more so as a term to divide than it is to unify, um, even though it has been used in terms of, um, it has been used for unification purposes, but those are the one, people who want to unify, and they want to understand and want to fight alongside with others, you know, and to be a part of a solution. Um, but that's another here and there. But those are just some reality checks I wanted to talk about. Like, you know, we need to fight together, you know, as people. Um, and we also need to be mindful of, um, of, you know, how we go about, um, you know, using the term people of color. Um, and realize that, and I'm not saying, and my thing is, let me reiterate, let me just explain this. I'm not saying, oh, all people of color, you know, other people of different communities don't understand the plight that black people go through. Or, you know, oh, black people don't care about the plight that other communities go through and stuff like that. I'm not saying that at all. Um, I'm not, because I think that, you know, there's a lot of different allies from each community. And I think we're allied with other communities, too, and the stuff that they're going through. But I think, too, that when we use the term people of color... That we need to be very mindful to directly speak to who we're trying to focus our target on, you know, and to use it in a term of unification, in a term of, you know, saying, oh, you know, these people, you know, black people here are people of color who are disproportionately affected here. People, um, Hispanic people are people of color who are disproportionately affected here. Asian people are people of color who are disproportionately affected here in these ways and forms. You know, give them their identities and allow them to have their identities 
without taking away from it and without trying to downplay what's going on. Because, you know, just because one group might be doing better than other or perceived doing better than other, they still have their problems, you know, ultimately. Or just because one group is not doing as well, they still have a voice too, you know. And it comes in ebbs and highs in different parts and stuff like that. There's a lot of messed up things that happen to all of us <laughs> um, that need to be addressed and accounted for, um, ultimately, um, is what I say. But, you know, that's just my, that's my piece on piece on that. But I just wanted to make sure I let it be known. I'm not saying, I'm not for, oh, like, you know, saying, blaming this one or that one or not, you know, acknowledging what's happening among different people. Um, but yeah, that's that probably what I want to say on that topic. Hey, y'all, so um, getting to the last segment of this, of what I wanted to talk about, um, <laughs> the elephant in the room, and, you know, probably, um, I don't remember what it was, because I'm black, y'all, this is probably going to be part two of it, um, a strategy during this time, so I think oftentimes, um, or not oftentimes, I don't know what I'm saying, I think at this point in time, you know, um, with protesting and, you know, making our voices heard, you know, and definitely with the petitions and stuff like that, um, we've made our voice heard, but I think it can't stop there. One, we have to realize that, you know, with this, this is not a, this isn't a five to seven day thing. This is going to be something that takes place over a very large period of time, because as long as it took, um, these systems to be created, it could, I don't want to say it's, it, I don't want to say it's going to take hundreds of years to change that, but it's not expected that, you know, uh, something that's taken place over hundreds of years will be solved in a week or, you know, it'll be just like a week of protesting, just like in that spoken word, you know, people rock t-shirts for two weeks and then go back to it, you know, to make themselves feel better. This ain't one of those things. You got to be in this for the long haul. This is a long haul type of thing. Um, it's very much a long haul type of thing. Um, in the sense of, you know, working together, uh, yeah, in the sense, in terms of working together, um, to get things done, um, it's just very much a long haul thing that you have to realize that it's not, it's going to take a long time to, you know, get people to change their minds, you know, and to, you know, even educate the people who you know, are, you know, willing to be allies, you know, they're different, definitely, you know, people who are, you know, of a different community, of white community, who want to know, but, you know, there are things that have to be unlearned and stuff like that, it might take generations, you know, and stuff like that, and, or it'll take a new generation who's willing to, okay, it'll take a new generation who's willing to, um, to unlearn some of these things to really fix them ultimately. Um, it's kind of like my opinion um, <clears throat> of sorts in that when we when we totally like look at it. Um, but like, you know, I think we have to be mindful of that, that this isn't a five day thing. And we also need to be mindful of our strategies and how we want to go about it. It's like, okay, you know, the tension's on us, you know, at a certain point, the tension's on us, you know, it, we're, we're being heard, or somebody's trying to listen, what do we fully want, um, now that people are listening, you know, um, how are we going about that, 
you know, do you want defunding of police and how do you want to go about that? Do you want, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of other things. Do you want, you know, more community policing? How do you want to go about that? Do you want, uh, you know, the figures of, you know, past pains to be taken down? How do we go about that? What do we do in the interim of that? Um, do we want more representation? If we want more representation in Congress and stuff like that, how do we go about that? How do we force, you know, that to happen? Do we, you know, how do we come together and say, okay, as a voting power of this country, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and we're not giving you our votes until you understand that? Because that's something I realized and I saw in Minneapolis. That's one thing that they were good about when they came together is, you know, they asked him if he was going to change the model. And when he said no, they, they publicly said, we're not voting for you, and they booed him out. And I fully believe that they're not going to vote for him again. But, you know, you have to realize, you know, the power that you have to do that. You have to truly realize the power that you have to do that, you know, and be willing to use those powers and flex them, you know, and you have to strategize. Um, I'm just giving examples of it. And be mindful of where you strategize at, you know, um, and how you go about doing that. Um, you know, everything doesn't have to necessarily be a public thing, you know, and you don't necessarily have to talk about how you're strategizing and how you're moving, you know, just do it. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an announcement made because, you know, if there is some type of opposition to that, you know, you don't want it, you don't, you don't need to bring mind to it or bring, you know, attention to it. Just do the work, you know, if that includes shopping only black, you know, just do that. Um, you know, of course, try to get more people on board and stuff like that. But do what you can, you know, and strategize where you can and strategize with you who you can to make these changes or whatever. And it doesn't it's not if even if it's not everybody who's 100 percent on board, you know, just you and what you do, it plays a role. It makes a difference or whatever, because, you know, in order for a, a huge fire to take place, um, you know, you can have one fire and that can definitely spark something to create a huge blaze. But if you have a different fire that's sparked in different places and it all becomes one huge fire it's going to come together and stuff like that, you know, because it's possible that one small fire can be smoldered out, but you can't smolder out all the fires, especially if they combine to create one big fire ultimately, you know, so definitely strategizing and understanding what that looks like, you know, economically, um, I guess you could say legislatively, um, that's another thing, please go vote, I know how we feel about voting and stuff like that, I know sometimes, you know, it feels like there's your opinion is not heard, but it really is heard. But you have to also change how you vote and understand the, the you know, the politics behind it as well, you know, and understand the power that you have in it and what you need to do, you know, ultimately. In voting, hold people accountable. I know that sounds like the most cliche thing in the world, but no, really hold them accountable you know, write letters, really be up on them, go to those meetings and stuff like that. If you can't go to the meetings, have somebody go as a proxy for you, you know, have these letters written, like really be in contact with and up on who your person is ultimately at the end of the day. Um, really, 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 really be mindful of that and what you can do. And if it's not a way that you feel like you're you're not being represented in a way, you know, either find a, a candidate who, who, um, that does represent you and feel free to vote for them and encourage other people to vote for them. Or, you know, force the candidates who are there to do the work and to, you know, give you what you need and say that, you know, if you want our support, this is how you have to do it. 
you know, this is how, this is what we want. If you want to support this, what you need to do for us. Because other people do it. Other communities do it, you know. Super PACs are a thing. Businesses do it. Heck, you know, they do it. They want something, they do those super PACs, you know. They come together and they say, this is what we want. This is how we want um, things to be done or whatever. And they pull their money together. And that might be what's required, but I'm not going to get too much into strategies as how you strategize. Those are just a couple of things I would try to do um, as far as strategies. But, you know, do what you can. Strategize, stick with it and do it and realize that your effort is not in vain. And yeah, um, this has just been another episode of Awkward Adventures of a College Graduate. Um, I felt like it was going to be heavier today. But I feel much better. I feel lighter after making this episode. And I really hope that you listen to this and, you know, you share, you talk to others, you know, helps you during this time. Um, Please be mindful of your mental health. You know, if you have to get off social media, I know it's very difficult to right now because you want to be abreast on everything that's going on um, right now. But at the same time, you can't give of yourself or help anybody if you're empty. You have nothing to give. So please be mindful of that. Um, ultimately, you know, um, and don't let somebody shame you into feeling like you need to keep being on, uh, you know, on the up and up and everything like that. This all looks different for everybody, you know, and this is a, this is a different time in the world. Not in when we're, um, this is, we're living, we're literally living in times that are going to be in textbooks, you know, no other place can you say that you lived through a pandemic and uh, a movement <laughs> of a sort at the same exact time. Um, so please give yourself a break and, you know, be easy on yourself. Um, once again, I've been your host, Jared Brown. Oh, quick thing. Um, so I want to start up, you know, black business shout outs or, you know, paid shout outs again. Um, so if you are somebody who wants to be shouted out on a podcast, you know, please, you know, DM me, hit me up how you know how you can. And I'll promise to do that at the very beginning of the podcast episode. And also put you in my show, uh, in my, uh, my, my show notes where people can kind of reach out to you or you don't have their information for that. Another thing, um, I guess our question for the week today is going to be, you know, um, hmm, I haven't really thought about it, but what are some uh share matter of fact um share some information that you've learned or that you think are is of value to others um during this time that you know whether that's a link to a petition or that's a um you know a page of information about something historically that's happened in the country um or or things like that um you know put that in your link um or in not in the link in the in the post under this 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 page um not this page but under this <laughs> this post um when I when I when I send or I put down like the um the uh the little clip I'm gonna ask I'm I usually ask a question but it, this week I want it to be more informational put down some type of information or 
you know, a resource that people can have. One resource I'm going to try to put down, there's a book, a very good book, Um, I think it's called about defunding the police. And I don't necessarily think it just talks about defunding the police. I think it talks about, you know, other ways of, you know, going about solving this problem. So I don't know if that includes, um, you know, looking at different models or, you know, looking at a completely different change of, you know, I guess of um, training and stuff like that. But um, from my understanding, I think it's a good resource um, to look at. But, you know, once again, thank you guys for everything. I uh, appreciate it. Bye.